0: Hey there, sit down, make yourself comfortable, and grab a cup of tea. Welcome to the 105th episode of Thea's Tea. Thanks for tuning in. For this week's tea talk, I am drinking some... Literally, the name is so funny. What is it called? Um, Miraculous Peach <laughs> from the brand Elephant. Sorry. <laughs> and this flavor has peach, apricot, and guava, I think. I didn't think I had tried it for an episode until I saw the box and it was open and I was like, huh. And then when I was reading the ingredients, I remembered that I had struggled pronouncing guava and I'm still not sure if that's the way you say it in English. But yeah, basically, I remember the f- the other episode I had it in. I didn't add sugar, and this time I did. It makes all the difference. You know me. I love my tea with sugar. I feel like it's what gives it the flavor. I am sorry. <laughs> As for the mug I'm drinking it in, it is this mug. It's the most basic kind of mug that is kind of fat, I would say. Like, it's perfectly cylindrical. It's a perfect cylinder, basically. It doesn't have, like, it's not kind of like a cone as some other mugs and it basically has a giant T on the front very bold very impactful and the where the where you put your hand is super small only like one finger fits so it's really inconvenient to like hold it but you know it's a cute mug I have it for the aesthetic basically I remember that one of my friends saw it and she was like oh my gosh I love that mug I want one and then a couple of months later it was her birthday and I got her that mug and I feel like that's one of my favorite gifts I've given because it was so intentional and it was like this one day you said you wanted this and I remembered and I got it for you (laughs) and so yeah basically she was moving to Spain at that point and she was like I'm gonna pack it um right away so that I can use it in my new house in Spain and she just arrived to Spain, <laughs> she hasn't gotten her house yet, but I really hope she still has this mug, and she still remembers a story, and she does, like, use it. <laughs> As you guys know, this is a Q&A, the first Sunday of every month is a Q&A episode, All the questions are collected through the Instagram. So if you're not already, make sure to follow me at Podcast. It's linked in the show notes along with everything else I mentioned in this episode. So yeah, if you want to contribute for upcoming Q&As, that is a place to do so. Our first question comes from Sophie and she asks, how has the experience been integrating into a new culture? So I'm surprised that I haven't talked about this that much but i feel like it's if i were to do an episode on it i want to be able to assemble my thoughts over a longer period of time up to the moment i'm not sure if i have had any like major culture shock moments which is weird because i normally i really compare things in my head and you know i have like really clear distinctions between some set of conditions and another so i'm surprised that i don't like have off the top of my head all of the things that i've noticed yeah, right now I don't feel like it's that drastic, but in other moments I definitely have. For instance, I don't remember what I was telling my best friend Sarah back at home, and she told me like, oh my gosh, this isn't possible. Medellin is just like France. We're all the same. And I don't remember what I was saying, but I was like, there are situations that show me that like, we are all the same. You know, at the end of the day, we're human beings. We live on the same planet. Like, we're not that different. Like, even drastic opposite cultures like at the end of the day we have a lot in common but there are also moments that make me feel the complete opposite for instance i've noticed through my time here that there are many connections with medellin there's many people that have been to medellin even lived there have family from there are from there it's insane and so i was talking to a girl that's french and that was in medellin for a while and it was i was very recently like i had very recently gotten here so it was all a bit new and she was like oh, but what made you take this decision? I mean, France and Medellin, they're very different. I'm sorry, I'm comparing like a city and a country. I don't know. I just want to make the specific distinction that we're talking about Medellin. (laughs) But yeah, um, she was like, they're so different. Like, what made you want to come here? And in my head, I started freaking out and spiraling. I was like, they're different? What do you mean? What am I missing out on? What am I not noticing? What don't I understand? Is this going to make me upset? Because I know that I love Medellin, that it makes me so happy. So in my head, I was like, what? is so different in the bad way, you know? I was freaking out, I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) So yeah, all of that to say, sometimes I really do feel a difference and other times not so much. So to answer your question, it has been weird integrating into a new culture and a little bit of context. When I was younger, I grew up traveling the world a little bit. So you'd think that this isn't like new for me, but actually it is (laughs) because I have Like before here, I was seven years in Colombia, so I had very much gotten used to the atmosphere there, and I feel like those ages I was in, like my teenage years, are very decisive. And the fact that I was in the same space for all of that period of time, I feel like it really, like I grew up, and as I was growing up, like all of these elements of this constant culture were incorporated into my identity. In other words not only was i discovering myself i was discovering this city around me so those two things were kind of like done in parallel you know so as i discovered things about the city they also became part of my identity so that's on like me building my identity in one same place but going back when i was younger and i was traveling the world honestly wasn't that aware yes i was aware of what was going on but i feel like i learned The term culture shock when I was already established in Medellin, like it didn't even cross my mind, you know. And when you're young, you have such an open mind, and if you're traveling a lot, it's even more open. So I never sat down to like compare, like, oh my gosh, in Egypt, they did things like this, but now here in Bora Bora, they do them like this. Not at all, you know. I would just simply like ride that wave and I wouldn't get in my head about like the differences, the culture differences, you know, the different. Um, types of people, the different scenery, even language like, I wouldn't care about all of that. And I feel like that's a good thing because I wouldn't break my head about it. I wouldn't like comparing things like that when you're in a new environment is very stressful and it can make you sad if you miss the place you were in before. But I just remember I didn't have that vision of like, this is the right way to do things or this is how they do them back home. Like, none of that. I would just simply, you know ride the wave and wherever i was i would kind of like see what people were doing and kind of like pick up on that but at home i maybe had like the same customs all the time i know this is something really hard to illustrate but i hope you guys get the point basically when i was younger i didn't care about integrating in new cultures especially since when i arrived at a place i wasn't like this is my new home forever I knew that I would be there for a period of time, so it wasn't necessarily that I felt that I needed to fully submerge myself and become one of them, and I feel like that also really helps and takes off pressure. So to answer a bit of the things off the top of my head that I have noticed here in Bordeaux, and kind of like I can contrast with back home, first of all, like the mannerisms, these are very subtle things, you know, whether it's like words they use, you know, expressions like with their faces or body language, you know, just collective mannerisms that characterize the French, just like their collective mannerisms that characterize, like, the Colombian or any place on the planet, I, like, (laughs) the these are one of the first things you notice, and yeah, it's just, like, very subtle differences in how people express themselves. Also, the humor, kind of, like, the types of jokes they make and the way they interact with people, I feel like there's a lot of banter and, like, a lot of like inside jokes that are created for instance if you're having dinner like if you spend the night with someone you know you go out to dinner and then you like talk or i don't know if it's like a group of people like if you spend an extended amount of time together you develop like inside jokes that you maybe can like cultivate and go back to throughout the night and i think that's kind of something universal but it has really stuck out to me here i don't know i feel like people really just exploit that type of dynamic also just the way people interact notably you know like when they're talking to a stranger um they always refer to them as like sir like okay monsieur madame mademoiselle even though technically you're not supposed to use it anymore like you know they're always very polite when they're talking to like employees or just strangers and it is it does kind of like set a little bit of distance but i think they do it in a very respectful way you know like we're not equivalents you know because you're older than me i need to respect you more or maybe because you have like a higher job than me or just because we don't know each other you know like all that types of things and maybe you're familiar with like basically in french and in many other languages as well there's two types of way to address people one that's like saying you in a respectful way so to elders to people you don't know stuff like that and then there's another version of you like another word that you can use with people who are quote-unquote your equals like people your age people you you're like more comfortable with blah 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 and that has really been weird for me because i'm not used to doing that even in spanish there are those two ways of addressing people but i just never use them because i find it so uncomfortable but now it's like girl you gotta do it or else you're gonna get some dirty looks so yeah forms of expression And, you know, for instance, in that last case, it's something that doesn't necessarily align with my personal beliefs. Like, I don't think I should treat, like, some people with more respect than others. (laughs) Um, But it's something that I have to adopt because it's kind of like the norm here, you know? This is something that I talked a lot in my episode with Melanie about. You know, maybe what you consider the norm isn't universally considered the norm. Another difference I've noticed is people have like a really different way of projecting themselves basically like in how they dress kind of like their hygiene their yeah just getting ready for the day i guess in colombia i remember i would suffer with my shoes everybody always has their shoes spotless it's like they wash them every single time they wear them everybody's shoes are always super clean and it's not something that's like related to class everybody is very put together when they go out you know like wherever they may come from they always you know like they do their hair they'll have gel in their hair their shoes are always clean you know they're always fresh you know like they really put in that kind of effort and here it's very different especially with the shoes i have seen some nasty shoes (laughs) shoes that look like they haven't been washed since they were purchased but it's kind of relieving for me because it's like okay i don't have to continue playing to like these super high standards like i can go out with my shoes looking like that and not care and nobody else will care and nobody else will notice and nobody else will point it out also you know i've seen people with like really funky hair that looks like it hadn't been washed in ages just like super messy and they don't care they just go out like that and i feel like it's really liberating because it's like thank you now i don't have to live up to those impossible standards and people just like wear whatever they want also especially for like school i've noticed in Maine. jean one time a friend told me like this is my clothes, like, these are my clothes for going out, and these are my clothes for school. Here, I feel like people don't have that distinction, or at least, like, they'll put in equal amount of effort for both, or from what, like, I've noticed, I've seen some really spectacular outfits, literally, for class, and some really spectacular outfits for going out, so it's fun to see people putting in the effort in both ways, and this can seem as a contradiction to my last point of people, like, not caring, but I feel like you get a little bit of, like, there are people who don't care, but there are also people who care even if it's just to go to class and i just find that once again very liberating and something else that i noticed that ties back into this is i was talking with a guy who is from eugene who's been living here for a while and his niece came here to study who's also from latin america his niece came here to study like her masters and she was so happy with like the difference in the culture she was like here there isn't as much pressure in being a woman as in latin america like i can just really do myself like i can vibe with my own way like people aren't looking at you to see like if you brush your hair before you left or judging you for your outfit like you can literally do whatever you want and exercise your femininity however you want and i was like okay that sounds once again very liberating the next difference is in the formality of institutions, for instance in school, but also like, you know, any like legal tramits you need to do, all of that it's very formal, is very structured, there's a lot of like paperwork, you know, and for instance even with school, like the classes are very like rigorous and sort of like, mmm In Spanish we say cuadriculadas which literally means like gridded for something that's like very strict and rigid and that's how I feel like the classes aren't very flexible like it's always the same structure so I just feel like that goes to show like how established like all of the institutions are and how like there are always like these rules and this formality that you need to follow also a huge difference has been like the culture with eating not only the different dishes they're used to eating here but also just like the general experience of sharing food you know like preparing it together eating it together i feel like such a common activity to do here with other people is to go eat or invite them to eat and that's not something that i saw that much in latin america like we would get together to do other types of things but here food always plays a very big role in that i heard that the french know get together to eat and on their way there they're talking about what they want to eat as they're eating they're comparing like their experiences and the flavor and everything and when they leave they are looking back on the meal they had and i feel like that is very accurate that's just kind of like a list of the main things i have noticed and i want to go back to the question which like asks about integrating into a new culture and this has really made me think like do i need to change who i am in order to be happier here In short, sometimes I think you do need to because it comes down to, like, adaptability, and sometimes it's, like, if you can't beat them, join them, you know? If you're so set in your ways, if you're always comparing things to how they are back home, and, you know, if you're, like, in your head there's, like, a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things, like, you're gonna make yourself miserable, and it's gonna be exhausting. Sometimes you need to just, like, let go and follow along these people and kind of, like, adapt into the new culture, pick up some of the habits they have, and it will feel better for you because you're becoming, like, one of them, and it won't torture yourself as much as thinking, like, oh, but at back home, like, back home we did things like this, like, it's so much easier and better for you if you let go a little bit, but not in extremes, because something that I think about a lot is one of the things that I miss the most about Latin America is the warmth of the people there and that's really something that I don't want to sacrifice. I don't want to lose that warmth that I have just because I'm here and, you know, I want to fit in more. So even though there are some things I think you should, like, change and adapt, there are others that you can definitely hold on to because they're a part of your identity and who you are. In this sense, like, my warmth isn't something that i need to change even though it could be easier it's something that i really feel like i don't want to do and if anything i feel like that gives me an extra allure here because it's a different quality that i'm bringing from another country and that maybe the people here will like especially since they're so used to people being a little bit more frivolous maybe just having somebody that's easy to be with that's very open from the start can feel refreshing for them. And I really think back to when I first arrived in Colombia, I was very different to the person that left, (laughs) because at first I was very much rigid in, oh, this is how I did things before, this is how I was raised, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the time, like, okay, basically Colombians are very patriotic, and those in Medellin are very, like, regional, and they love, like, their city and everything, and they're very proud about it. And so I would get so many remarks of like, oh yeah, you're definitely not from here. Or like, as I started to evolve, like, oh, you're not a a true paisa because you don't like this, blah, blah, blah. And with time, I started to adopt so many things of the culture, like basically, you know, the music, I started to love the music, you know, just like the habits, the way I talked, you know, some of the foods I started to like, like I really started to adopt a bunch of those things. And that made me feel much happier because I was one of them. I didn't have to continue fighting. I didn't have to continue resisting. In my case, it was easier for me to adopt some of the things of the culture, not everything. There are still some things that I'm openly against or don't agree with in my But in terms of the transition period, adopting some things really was helpful for me. And I just feel like it made me happier there and it made me feel like I was one of them. And on that note, the other day I was talking with my friend Mige, which is from Medellin, and is now living in Germany, and he was giving me some advice on like homesickness and he told me that one day you would simply breathe and realize that you are starting to become part of the culture you're starting and for like whatever reason that may be you feel like like you're kind of starting to make it like you're kind of starting to become one of them to getting used to their lifestyle to picking up something they do and it's really beautiful and it's really liberating i feel like that is kind of the end goal but it's also like i want to enjoy the process of getting to know this new culture and picking up some things for myself but also staying true to what I definitely feel is a part of me. Our next question is also from Sophie and it is, hasn't it been very weird feeling far away from your family? How do you deal with this? Yes, it has been so super duper incredibly weird. In my case, I didn't exactly realize how close I was to my family until I left them. And that's a hard to swallow pill. Of course i loved my family and i considered that i was more close than the average person and in managing we use an adjective that's familiar which literally means like familiar but it means that you are really close with your family so i wouldn't exactly have classified myself as a person that's familiar i don't know i just didn't feel like i was up to it and now that i am here i definitely do consider myself somebody that's familiar because at least right now it's what's the most difficult for me being away from my family and basically i had gotten used to having them nearby over the last couple of years as i said growing up i was moving around i would see them like once a year like my extended family you know like my grandparents and all of that But over these past few years, and as I said, such pivotal and decisive years of my life, having them close really once again was something that helped build my identity. And I knew each family member that I could turn to under each like specific situation. If we were all in a family gathering, I knew what to talk about with each one of them. And I felt like I really had just personal relationships developed with all of them. You know, and here I'm like talking about extended family and obviously with my closer family i have always been very close and you know the people that i lived with like that like it goes without saying i was obviously very close with them but yeah i just feel like i had very good bonds with all of my family and i would really gotten used to having them nearby and seeing them regularly and hearing about them and yeah just having them in my life without really trying without really having to make an effort you know it's like there was always you know a next meeting planned and i didn't have to go out of my way to contact them now it's very different something that i've experienced a lot is fomo for their reunions you know so if like all the family gets together and they have a barbecue or if they have a celebration i really experience fomo because i remember just being so happy in those family get togethers and being so happy to see everyone like it was genuinely something that i would look forward to in my week I know most teenagers typically wouldn't look forward to these types of family events, but I definitely did. I was so excited to see my family and during that like time with them, I was also really happy to be spending time with them. So now when they like send me pictures of the reunions that they do now, it's it really tears my heart apart because I fear, experience so much FOMO for these reunions. I'm like, and it's not for any particular reason. It's just like, they're spending time together and I'm not there. And I feel like, You can probably say oh they can call you first of all with the time difference they usually do those like get togethers at night in colombia so it's like you know i'm sleeping here (laughs) and also i don't know if that would make me feel better or worse because you know just like seeing everybody on the video camera and knowing that i'm not there i mean maybe it could help me feel a little bit more included but i feel like it would also crush me a little bit more also along the lines of fomo I feel a lot of FOMO regarding like two categories in my family first of all my grandparents and thankfully my grandparents are very healthy it's not like they're currently battling a disease um but even though like I can't help but think you know like they're a little bit older you know like it it could come at any time you know so I just feel kind of guilty for not being there in maybe their last years you know And as I said, like, they're perfectly healthy. I have no reason to be thinking this, but it's also like, you know, sometimes people can go very suddenly. And I think I will resent myself if that is the case for not being with them over these past few years, you know? And that's really heartbreaking because, again, like, I realized how close I was to them and how much I valued them once I had left. And there weren't like these excuses to see them so regularly. And if I wanted to talk to them, then I had to put in the effort. Something that I've also noticed, in the lowest points of my life, when I've just been so upset, which were the first time I lived in Colombia and when I lived in Bora Bora, I always strengthened my bond with my grandma. So when I lived in Colombia, she was there, so I would be able to talk to her much more. But also in Bora Bora, I would call her very frequently. And now that's kind of like happening again, because I've had some very rough days here, and what I always find myself doing is talking to her And so I just feel like it's so representative of how when I feel my weakest, my grandma is one of the first people I turn to. And on one hand, it's very good, for instance, that I'm living this experience, even if I'm so far away from her, I've gotten very close with her and I've talked so much more with her. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, it really took you moving to a whole other country and feeling upset to be able to get to this point. And that's not to say that before I didn't have a relationship with her. I really did. But now I just feel like, you know, we're talking so much more often and, you know, she's helped me through very difficult times so yeah there's that that's a little bit of the situation i feel fomo regarding my grandparents but also regarding my cousins i have two cousins that are i think seven and nine or eight and ten around those ages (laughs) and they're growing up and we have been living in the same city for a like while and It was really fun for me to hang out with them and feel like i was sort of leaving a mark on them and you know not helping them grow up but just like again being sort of a an important figure in this decisive time like my gene or my family were for me when i was a teenager you know so i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed building a bond with them hanging out with them asking them about their lives playing with them watching tv with them you know, coloring with them, all of that, I really, really enjoyed it, and it made me very happy, and they were, like, they still are probably some of, like, my favorite people in the world, and people that I really look forward to seeing, so it's like, wow, you know, now I'm not gonna be, like, such an active role in these little girls' lives, you know, they're not gonna see me so often, they're maybe gonna forget about me, and obviously, you can call them but I don't know, I feel like it's a little bit awkward, like it's not the same to spending many hours with them all at once, you know, so I just feel like it's so sad to know that this is kind of like a sacrifice that I've had to make, you know, like obviously it's for my future, blah blah blah, but it's like wow, you know, my family, I realized when it was kind of late that they are so important to me. And had I known this before taking my decision of leaving, like, I don't know if it would have impacted it. I'm actually kind of thankful that I didn't think about this at the time because it would have made the decision much more difficult. (laughs) All this to say that it still breaks my heart. You're you're asking me how I deal with this. I don't know. It still breaks my heart. It still makes me upset every morning when I wake up. I want to cry about it, but what i can say that has helped me is really just calling them and speaking my thoughts like being like i miss you i feel like i'm missing out on important times with the family i don't know if i made a mistake coming here i feel a lot of fomo with you guys you know like i miss you i can't wait to go back to hug you to spend time with you again like saying all of that really helps because i feel like it's good for them to hear and be like okay it's good to know she still values us (laughs) But it's also liberating for you because once you put it out there like you can figure out what you can do to make yours like to feel more connected like you can think of solutions and it's not a burden that's just on you anymore like these like your family can help you figure it out so i would definitely say just like calling them and speaking about what you feel and some advice that miga also gave me on this topic is really knowing that when i will go back i will be so much more excited and i will appreciate them so much more and even though from now on the time that i'm going to spend with my family is going to be significantly reduced like that time is literally going to be worth gold because it's so rare but also because when it does come it's so magnificent and i enjoy it so much and i look forward to it so much so it's just going to make it all that more sweet and valuable and also something that he pointed out to me was that in the family reunions that you're seeing and all of that the gang is very rarely 100 complete there's always you know one uncle, one uncle that didn't come because he's sick or one aunt that's traveling or one family member that just couldn't make it like it's very difficult for the entire gang to be complete so you know it's not like all your fault if that's what you're thinking or you're not the only one that's missing, rather. So yeah, you know, just take it easy, cut a bit of slack on yourself and know that when you will see them again, it will be so much more special. <music> Lastly, Gavi requested the topic Tusas Tusa is a word in Spanish that basically means breakup, but it's like very funny in my opinion, because it englobes like the whole experience, you know, just like the toxic side of it, wanting to get back of them, but also just being like a really upset, you know, sad, like it really englobes the whole experience. <laughs> or maybe that's just a meaning I've attributed to it. I don't know. And I feel like I've talked about breakups a lot on here, so For this i'm just gonna try to state like some loose thoughts that i've been thinking about breakups. in retrospect in my life, the toughest breakup i have ever had is feeling that he was the one, you know? like if you're breaking up with a guy that you don't like that much, or that you understand why you can't be together, like it's less hard because it's almost even liberating, it's almost even a good thing, but when you truly cling on to the thought that this person was the one, like obviously you're gonna feel like so desperate and so sad and so heartbroken because you feel like you lost a good thing and that sensation is something that, you know, from the years that I have experienced it to now, like I haven't found a sensation that is quite similar to it. It's such an intense and difficult emotion to deal with because it's like knowing that you had everything you wanted right in front of you and that it slipped away for whatever reason. So I just feel like that is the most painful thing of a breakup. I've heard a lot of people talk about the difference of like, you know, truly like loving and missing someone, but also like trying to get back used to a life where they're not a part of it and kind of like find like breaking that routine you had with them. Like sometimes that's the hardest part. Sometimes you don't miss them, you just miss like the routine of having them in your life and even just like having someone, you know, like not having to do certain things alone and just having someone by your side and kind of like the reassurance and the ego boost that gives, you know, all of those like parallel types of things. Another thought is, I feel like sometimes people when like giving advice after a breakup they say like if you're meant to be you'll find your way back to each other i feel like that is so dangerous to say fresh in a breakup because you're not gonna let the other person move forward because they're always clinging to this thought and even though it sounds like super pretty and wow and it could bring them hope that's exactly the hope you want to crush you know When you're trying to get over a breakup, you can't think of like, oh, we're gonna get back together. No, you need to get rid of that image in your head or else you're never going to get over them. If you do wanna introduce this idea of maybe we'll find our way back to each other, you need to do that once you've completely healed, once all of the emotions are out of your head, once you can reflect on clarity and you can think like, maybe this could work in a future if the circumstances are different. But for now, when you're like in the midst of everything, You do not want to be telling yourself that narrative. It will not let you progress. Trust me, I learned the hard way. Another thing is when you're like missing, you know, a relationship, note that I'm saying a relationship and not the person, you can miss sort of like the image of who you were when you were with them. I don't know if I'm the only one, but I so strongly associate relationships to success. Like, my whole life can be perfect. I can be like um, succeeding academically, like socially, like all of that. But if I am in a relationship, it's just like the cherry on top. And I just feel really put together. And I always see like these perfect girls that have their entire life on order. And when you think it can't get any more perfect, you realize that they're also in a happy, loving relationship. So yeah, you know, sometimes in my experience, I have missed just like The status of being a relationship. It has not much to do with the person or anything. It's just like being able to say, oh, yeah, my boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. And that is so superficial, but it's something that I sometimes, in the pits of a heartbreak, am concerned about. (laughs) And another thing that I've noticed about breakups is that you can ask advice to like a million people, they can tell you a million different things, give you all the advice, give you all the tips, tell you these like revolutionary ideas. But truly, none of that matters. It all comes down to you. You are the person that's pulling yourself out of your breakup. You need to realize these things. It's different to hearing this advice, to truly like having it inside of you. You need to realize these things. You need to apply them. You need to see them working. Like, Just hearing advice won't do anything for you. Something needs to happen on the inside. Something needs to click. Something needs to change in order for you to like truly be able to get over this person you know, so just keep that in mind, and what's annoying about that is that it can take a lot of time, you can talk to so many people, but not feel better, it can take time to truly get over someone, and the last thing I want to point out is, what do you do with the friends you made with your ex, like, if you, like, started to hang out with your ex's friends and you feel like they're really cool people and you want to maintain them in your life like what are you supposed to do what is the protocol that's the question for this week what do you do with your ex's friend with the friends of your ex that you want to stay in contact with like is it weird i think it is kind of weird i think it is kind of invasive it's like hey you keep your friends you had it before we got together and i keep my friends you know But I just feel like sometimes you meet some really valuable people like in the middle. So (laughs) what do you guys think about that? And those concludes all of my thoughts regarding breakups. Well, that's about it for this episode. I would like to clarify that I am not a specialist. Everything I share is based off of my experience and what I've learned. Don't forget to follow the podcast Instagram at TheaSTpodcast. I'm very active on there. It's a visually aesthetic platform built with interactive spaces for us. Please tag me on your stories and send me pics listening with your tea. Also, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. (laughs) Whatever your platform lets you do, it would help me out a lot. Because reviews are the only way I can start growing, getting recommended to new people, and being included in rankings. Plus, I read reviews on here, so if you wanna be featured, Go on right ahead. Please spread this episode with any friends or family you think will like it. I would love it for you to share your thoughts on this podcast. You can send me a voice message directly through Anchor or through my email, gmail.com. You can reach out for business inquiries and set up sponsorships through there as well. Make sure to check out the show notes. There's a bunch of fun stuff listed down there alongside with links to everything I mentioned here today. Remember, You can join me every Thursday for a new episode, including the last one of every month with the guest, and an additional bonus monthly Q&A. Thank you for your time, and for joining me in my little corner of the internet. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in, have a beautiful week and a wonderful existence.